TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Three on two. Hero. Out of bio. To Max Struess for three. And he hits it. And that might just about do it. Well, it did. Uh, that's our friend Kate Scott last night. Sixers lose 99-82, to back end of a, uh, well, you know, in Miami, uh, back-to-back. Uh, I'm Glenn Macnow, Ray Dinger uh, here today. How are you, Ray? I'm fine, Glenn. We'll walk over dodging the raindrops. Uh, a little a little rainy out there, yeah. yeah. Be nice. <laughs> it's getting up to 78 this week, Ray. Yeah, tomorrow, and then it's going to take a plunge again. But, uh, yeah, the next two days will be uh, definitely a pre- – I was going to say a preview of spring. might be a preview of summer. Warm up the barbecue grill, Ray Dinger. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I was going to say break out the shorts, but as we know, you do not wear shorts. So. That would be correct. All right, well, get the lightweight khakis if you got them because it's going to be a – Nice couple of days in the Delaware Valley. Not a good night last night down in South Beach. As we say, the Sixers lose 99-82 to to the Miami Heat. Uh, no James Harden on the road playing the team with the best record in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Sixers had had, you know, those two consecutive comeback wins. It looked a little bit like they would do it yesterday, but uh, they fall short. We'll get to the reasons why. They had scored 120 points or more in James Harden's first four games last night without him, 82. Let me run some of the numbers by you then, Ray, and kind of get your thoughts on it. Uh, Joel Embiid has 22 points, shot four for 15. Um, He looked tired. Yeah, he definitely looked tired. Missed four three-pointers, 15 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey, who's played so, so well, 17 points last night. And I guess the first thing I'll, I'll ask you is kind of the obvious question kind of see the value of James Harden when he doesn't play, don't you? Yeah, you do. Uh, he makes a difference. There's no question about that. And um, without him, they, they, lo- they did look like a different team. But most, more than anything else, they just looked like a, a tired team. I mean, how, I lost count of how many balls clanked off the front of the rim. Short. You know, yep. I mean, just, they, they were just shooting short all night. And that, that's a sign of, you know, tired legs and just weariness. And it's totally understandable. I mean, they had played a, a real high-paced, high-scoring game the night before against a good Cleveland team uh, and really had to pour it on in the second half to come back. So, And then jump on a plane and fly to Miami and get to the hotel at 3 o'clock in the morning and then uh, you know, and then come out and play a, a very good Miami team that was well-rested. Uh, I mean, it was, even with Harden, I think this one would have been an uphill fight, and it clearly was all the way. And, you know, you just, you just look at the stats and, uh, you know, you got them there in front of you as you know, they shot 34%, and there were seven for 41 from three. Yeah. Uh, and that's 
the fact that they, they hoisted it up 41 times from three tells you that they were kind of a tired team. <laughs> I don't want to run all the way down. I'll just heave it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's sort of how they look. But, you know, yeah. when you and I talked about it before we signed off yesterday, I mean, we both, we both kind of said, I think this is going to be, you know, I'll, frankly, I'll be surprised if they win tonight. And, you know, and that's the way it turned out. I don't think there's any long-term, there's any long-term significance to this. You know, Harden will be back. They'll come home. They'll play Chicago. And then uh, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, when the Nets come to town. Doc Rivers took some heat earlier this year when he referred to, or maybe it was last year, I don't remember, when he referred to a game as a scheduled loss. And I suppose you don't ever want to hear the coach say that, right? I mean, you certainly wouldn't, you, you wouldn't hear Nick Sirianni say that. But right. basketball basketball's is different. And whether whether it's appropriate for the coach to say it or not, last night's game definitely felt like that. And I had no problem with them resting Harden. The guy is coming off of a left hamstring injury. You know, he missed that time. He played all these games, played so well. There are people, including people on our station, Ray, who get upset at these scheduled nights off. You have 82 games to play before the playoffs. You are paid a very high salary. Back in the day, Wilt never took a scheduled night off, Ray. He played more than 48 minutes a night. Right. So should we be outraged? No. Outraged, damn it. No. 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 <laughs> well, hold on. Let me build up the outrage and then and then dismiss it. No. I don't I mean I don't I don't love it. I mean I don't love it as a principle. I don't I don't like the term load management. I don't know where that actually came from to be honest with you, but I mean that's kind of the way of the NBA right now. And you've got you know, James Harden has played a lot of basketball uh, in the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's, you know, the Sixers have played a number of games, and he's played 36, 37 minutes in all of them. Uh, and he was coming off a time when he had sat down with a hamstring problem and has had that before. So, no, I mean, the whole point of this is getting this team as good as it can be and getting him as ready as he can be for the postseason. So, you know, in what I think they all knew was going to be a tough game down in Miami, Give them the night off. Don't have them play back to back, and then you know let them rest up and then play this week. I don't. I knew people would because everybody was tuning in to see James Harden at this point. I mean, we sure. know what the TV ratings have been. I mean, he's you know he's got he's got a real buzz going in this town, so everybody was tuning in to see him against Miami. And I'm sure there was a lot of disappointment on the part of some of the fans that saw him sitting there in civvies on the bench. But I get it. I understand why they did it. And if it's uh, it, and if it allows for a better James Harden down the road, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I thoroughly agree with you. I know that people get upset, but I am not among them. The um, they made a little bit of a run in the third quarter. I think they took it down to two, um, and then Maxi couldn't get it going in the fourth quarter as he had in the past. And Embiid couldn't sink those three pointers that we that we shot about. Embiid is is been cold on the three. But again, I'm not going to worry. This is the only thing I will say about it. Um, on those nights, it's you know it's the second night of a back-to-back, is when you really need your bench to step up or your second wave guys. Right, mm-hmm. Thibel was terrible. He had zero points in 22 minutes. Ray, I don't think you can do worse than that. Uh, no, probably not. Corkmaz had two points in 21 minutes. Danny Green had six points in 20 minutes. Uh, Yang had nine. Isaiah Joe had two. And that's when you need those guys to step step up, and they didn't. The good news is in the playoffs there are no back to backs, right? Right. And the good news in in the playoffs, it's like your stars are either going to play up to their level or they're not, and you're not going to have to worry about Isaiah Joe being a guy that you have to care about. No, you get to the playoffs and you generally play with with eight players, and that's and that's generally the way it works because of the way the schedule falls. You know, everybody shortens their bench. 
Um, and so I, I don't really think that's going to be a factor. I think the Sixers' top eight can play with pretty much anybody. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're, we're okay about that. We're all okay. We'll see how people think. I, I, I know there are those who panic, who say, oh, oh, look, you start playing the good teams. But if you're realistic, it's fine. Uh, as you said earlier, the Sixers return home to play the Bulls on Monday night. And then they are home Wednesday against the Nets, the game that everybody has been waiting for, Ray Dinger, mm-hmm. except, of course, that Ben Simmons is going to be, what, about 75 miles away? Yeah, he won't be anywhere near Philadelphia. Yeah. Won't, won't, he, he will not be in this area code. Um, someone posted yesterday uh, a little Twitter uh, video of him in practice with the Nets getting uh, shooting instruction. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God that the thing was only three shots long, right? He took three shots during his, whatever, 30, 40 seconds. Right. And he was 10 feet away, and he missed two of the three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his elbows clanking out. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, do you think New Jersey, and I know I don't want to get too sidetracked into this, but do you think New Jersey's getting uh, buyer's remorse at all? Not yet. Okay. You Not think yet. they will? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. No <laughs> okay. question. Okay. No question. I mean, for for a couple of days there, um, I mean, it was the land of milk and honey up there. I mean, people were just doing backflips over. You know, I saw I saw in the New York press that wonderful term coming back again, generational talent. <laughs> I said, well, well, well. Guess what? You folks, you'll learn. You'll learn. It's a. Uh, it, you know, for now, I mean, that that's how they're going to sell it, uh, and. You know, the Nets, for the people who actually kind of got on board with the idea that they had built the super team and they were going to win a championship, well, they didn't do it last year, and they've tried to reconfigure it this year, uh, and now they're sort of putting all their apples in in that uh, in the Ben Simmons cart, and I think yeah. they're going to wind up just as disappointed as the people in Philadelphia. I imagine they will. I told you before, it reminds me, I know it's a different sport, different era, different thing, but it reminds me of when Rich Kotite went to New York and all those New York papers. What's his name? Mark Canizaro. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys in Philadelphia, you don't know what you did. Look what you ran out of town. Let the record reflect, Ray, that Rich Cota was 4-28 and in two years with the New York Jets. Yeah, and Mark's still covering the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably won about four games since then. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, 215-592-9494. We're going to grab a couple calls in the first segment, but I want to throw in a second topic, which is the NFL uh, season begins in 10 days. You and I haven't talked a lot about the quarterback. That certainly gets covered everywhere else. Uh, It's discussed a lot on this station. Um, But if nothing else, um, the Combine is about watching big guys dance between cones and also interpreting the words of coaches and GMs, right? A lot of parsing of words. Right. So I've heard everybody else on this, so I, I would like us to just kind of weigh in officially. Uh, by the way, you and I are both off next weekend. I don't know what's going to happen between now and the start of the season, so I kind of wanted to get us on the record. We are doing, what is it, March the 16th, which is the day the season starts. That's a Wednesday. Mm, right. We're going to be doing that Eagles Town Hall, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be, that. that will be fun, yeah. Yeah. That's when, things, that's when things will really, really get underway. But there has been... You know, there has been some interesting stuff going down out in Indianapolis. Anybody that's been paying attention, well, there's been there's been some good stuff. Yeah, and we're going to actually do a whole segment where you're going to go through a lot of that with your draft report later. But the one thing I want to get now is just, just kind of, I think you and I are on the same page with the quarterback. I, I kind of know that we are. But I want to ask you, do you place any priority on Howie Roseman being interviewed at the Combine 
and saying he feels um, stronger with Hertz than ever before. Um, I'm going to read you the question. I believe it was Elliot Shore Parks at WIP asked the question. I'm going to read you his answer and just have you, Ray, interpret it um, in the perspective that it belongs. Okay. The question was, the last time we talked at the end of the season, you, Howie, were confident that Jalen Hurts would be the guy. After a month of contemplation and research, do you still feel the same way about Hurts? Here's Howie's answer. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think when you talk about all the things we talked about at the end of the season, nothing has changed. I think what really has changed for us is the opportunity to add. We have to continue to add good players. We have to continue to make sure that we're doing everything we can to maximize our players' ability to be successful, and certainly that starts at the quarterback position with Jalen. Um, go ahead, Ray. What is he saying? Uh, well, what did I, I, he say and what did he mean? Well, he said two different things. He said two different things. I mean, I, initially it was, yeah, of course, he's our guy. And then we got into the, you know, with the, with the team, it's always about looking to improve. So, you know, he, initially it was a very strong, yeah, we stand behind, I stand behind my words and we stand behind the player. And then came the, the nuance, you know, which is, that's, that's part of what general managers do in, in the NFL. So I kind of get that. Um, I thought that when Nick Sirianni followed Howie to the podium, uh, of course, the, the questioning went very much down the same road. Uh, and Nick Sirianni, to me, was, was far more emphatic about, yes, 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 it is Jalen Hurts. Uh, and, there was, and he was asked... You know, the, the same question three or four different ways, three or four different times, uh, and he never, there, there was never any backpedal there. I thought there, I thought there was some backpedal in Howie. Yeah. I, I didn't think there was any. Wiggle. I would say there was wiggle room. Yeah, um, I saw it more as backpedaling, actually. But I, but I didn't see any of that with Sirianni. I mean, Sirianni, his first response was, yeah, he's the guy. And then somebody asked him again, and it was, and I sort of gave him a couple of outs. Well, if this, if, no, he's, he's the guy. Uh, and... What I think that Nick was saying is, I think he was saying two, th- or at least this is my interpretation of it. I think he was saying two things. I think he was saying, one, yes, I, I believe in Jalen Hurts. I really like working with this guy. Uh, I think he made terrific progress last year. I have every reason to think that he's going to continue to improve. That's one thing that he said. But the other thing that was part of it, that at least I took away from it, was he was is expressing not just confidence in Jalen Hurts, but he was expressing confidence in his coaching staff and himself. Mm-hmm. In, their, in their ability to take this guy and develop him. You know, because he kept talking about what he liked about Hertz and what he had seen in Hertz and the improvement that he had made, all of which was true. But, it, but, then, it, but then he kept saying, you know, and we're going to continue to work with him and I'm going to continue to work with him. And, he's, you know, we, and we have great people here that are going to help him. So I, think, I don't think that took anything away from his belief in Hertz. I think it's genuine and I think it's real. But more than that, I thought, you know, he's making a pretty strong statement about what he thinks of himself and his coaching staff, and your ability to develop that player, who, let's face it, on any team, quarterback is the key guy. Yeah. And if, he's, if he fails, the team fails. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he believes in Hurts, but I thought that he came out and made a pretty strong statement about what he thinks about himself and his own coaching staff. Yeah, I do too. And he talked about there's four traits he looks at in a quarterback, accuracy, decision-making, ability to escape pressure, and arm strength. Um, I think of those four right now, Hertz is where he needs to be on ability to escape. I think he definitely can improve on decision-making, and I think if he improves on decision-making, then that will help him on the other two. Um, the Russell Wilson talk has kind of died down. 
I know Washington made a big offer, which apparently was rejected. They didn't want to deal with the commies. Right. I don't think Deshaun Watson is going anywhere soon. I mean, you got 22 civil suits open against him. How in the world can you trade for that guy? So yeah, we're coming up on a critical date, though. We're coming up on a critical date, which is uh, by April 1st, criminal charges. If they're going to be filed, they have to be filed. So we're going to know pretty soon if this is actually going to become a criminal case, which may have a lot of bearing on you know where this goes. If this becomes a criminal case, then I think it becomes... You know, then you're, you know, then now you're talking about something that's really different. And I just read this week that there is a date that that has, they have to be filed. If, if they're going to be filed, they have to be filed pretty soon. Okay. Well, here's what I would say. If there's a criminal case, he's obviously impossible to move. Even if there's not a criminal case and he has not settled 22 civil cases against him, of which I've read a lot of the testimony. Well, I would, he ain't coming here. Jeffrey Lurie's Jeff. I I have I cannot see Jeffrey Lurie trading for that. I just don't see it. Maybe somebody will, but I don't see it happening here. Yeah, well, the team. It's it's, it's interesting that uh, you know one of the teams that's really hot on a trail of quarterbacks is Washington. Yep. You know, and <laughs> I can't. Would, would that be a fit? I mean, could you imagine with everything that's happened down in Washington and all the yeah. stuff that's being said about about the about everything from the, the owner, owner the owner on down? Yeah, sure. That they're that they're going to say, hey. Yeah, sure. Come on, we'll bring yeah. to Sean Watson. Videos in here. of the cheerleaders changing. Yeah, yeah well, are, you, sure. are you kidding? This is yeah. a. If anything, this is a fit. So I mean, I, I, I think he is. I think he is absolutely in limbo. But in a few weeks, this it may. We may finally gain a little clarity on where this is really. We headed. will see. All right. So on a scale, I, I want to do this, and let's grab a couple calls here. On a scale of one to a hundred, with one hundred being metaphysical certitude, Ray Dinger. What are the chances that Jalen Hurts opens up the season in September as the Eagles' starting quarterback? You go first. Um, I'm writing mine down so that uh, people know I didn't copy. Oh, off okay, you. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is almost like the folded piece of paper. It this, is. This is the first folded piece of paper of the 2022 season. Indeed, it is. Um, 85. Oh, you're a little higher than mine. Mine was a lusty 72. Okay. So there you go. All right. Nice. Um. We got a lot more coming up, but I want to get some calls in here. 215 592 Lou in Mount Laurel. My old hey. pal. What's going on, Lou? Good morning. I worship I continue to worship at the altar of Glenn Mack now. How are you, gentlemen? I appreciate that, my young man. Um wanna actually wanna do a uh, a quick question about your tell us your story. I gotta mm-hmm. tell you, that's probably my favorite segment of any radio show of all time. Well done with that. Thank I you. Ab- it, it was ab- you know, it was it was kind of born out of necessity when so sports when pand- shut down. And then Ray and I decided we enjoyed doing it. We thought our listeners liked it, so we we just keep it up. And Glenn, before I before I um I get to my citrus point, can I make two names to throw out there for you to interview? Sure. As as wish list ones, I don't absolutely. The the timing's probably poor on this one right now, but I'm sure you've heard it. Ilya Brzezgalov. Yes, and And, uh, I have I've I've made minimal inquiries to figure out where he is to do him because it would be it would be a blast. He's still in Haddonfield, probably collecting his checks every week from the Flyers. I think he's the Bobby Bonilla of the NHL. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And the other name from the world of professional wrestling, you want to? I'm telling you, Glenn, you won't regret interviewing. Is Paul Heyman? Ray. His name is Paul Heyman. I don't. Ray, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to Ray on that one. Don't know who he is. Oh, he's, he was big with ECW, and he's a manager, but he's always yeah. a mouthpiece for guys, Glenn. Yeah. I'm telling you, uh, you will not uh, be disappointed. Lou, let's put it this way. Brzezgalov's <laughs> a fine idea. <laughs> oh, what else you got? 
Uh, the Sixers, do you think you have a different outcome if you sit hard in Friday against, a, for lack of better terms, a weaker team and have them start last night against a stronger opponent? Do you think the reaction's a little different? Well, I think they didn't want to rest him at home. Gotcha. I, I think, and, and Ray, you and I have talked about these That's scheduled nights off or load management or whatever you call them. I think part of the gig is you don't want to the, the gotcha. Sixers' home fans are so excited to see him. I think it would have been unfair to 20,000 people. Gotcha. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Right. It, wouldn't, it would not surprise me if that was baked into the whole decision, that they looked, that they looked at the two back-to-back games and said, look, we're not going to play James 38 minutes in back-to-back nights, so we're going to give him one of those off. You know, we've got to have him play at home. The fans will be so mad at us. So let's just, no, give, think, let's just give him the night off in, in Miami. To me, it makes I sense. I think you make, you make a good point, too, is that um, – you know, during the playoffs, you're not going to have back-to-backs. I mean, we usually two, sometimes one, sometimes two with the NBA. So I think I think that was a great point, Ready me too. All right. Anything else? No, no. Um, Glenn, I have heard you say it. If I could sneak in some talk, I think I think the team's called the Fl- Flyers. I think they're called. Yeah, they used to play here. Glenn, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I heard you a couple weeks say it, where they basically put all their eggs in the basket, and their only ident- identifiable uh, person is their mascot. I'm telling you. He is the downfall of this organization. Well, he's uh, – and, Lou, always a pleasure. Stay in touch. He's representative of it. Actually, Ray, next segment I want to do a thing. Yesterday you and I talked about the face of the franchise of the four teams. Mm -hmm. I think we agreed that it is gritty with the Flyers, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. Um, But one of them that you surprised me with was the Eagles. And in the next segment I want to play, play something that I think really buttresses your case. But first, let's get Jim in Broomwell. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hi, Jim. Hi, guys. Uh, my number is 60. I don't personally. I I love Jalen as a person, but I don't think he will make progress in those three other areas. I just don't. I don't think he has it. And I maybe, but I guess I would ask you. Um, and I'm not even going to disagree with you on that. I, I'd say wait and see. But who thus, if who's your 40 percent to be the other quarterback? Well, <clears throat> there's people out there, and we know who they are. I don't know if Jeffrey's going to allow Howie to pull the trigger on those, or any of those. But there is that possibility. I mean, you're Howie's talking capable. you're talking Wilson, you're talking uh, 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 Jackson. Who else are you talking? He's probably talking Watson. I mean, Watson, not Jackson. Watson, who else are you talking? Uh, the gentleman from Green Bay. What's he doing? Uh, He's not going anywhere. Nah. You sure? No, he's just – Ray, we said it yesterday. He's just an, an attention whore. Yeah, that's it. He's not going anywhere. I mean, okay. the, 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 the general manager and the coach were both asked about it at, at the Combine, and they, they both said, no, it's not happening. And I don't, I don't think it's happening for him. No, I really don't. I, he's going to stay in Green Bay. A lot of it has to do with Devontae Adams. You know, if Devo- Listen, if Devontae Adams, if they, don't, if they don't franchise Devontae Adams and he goes on the market and he gets signed, which he would in five minutes um, – if he leaves, yeah, at that point, Aaron Rodgers may say, you know what, I really am out of here. But short of that, no, I don't think – I think he's going to finish his career in Green Bay. Okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went in all in for Wilson and, and actually get him. But uh, the reason I called uh, – two things. <laughs> two reasons I called. One, the Flyers are owned by a corporation. Corporations are woke. The Flyers are the first woke National Hockey League team, and that's all you uh, need to know. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea how that relates to how they're playing. Well, it, yeah, okay. Well, uh, it has to do. No, with, you have to explain. Like, what? How? How does that reflect itself on the ice? They're, they're, they seem weak. 
They seem weak and what and does that have to do with shut? What does that have to do with anything that you said? Well, woke and weak to me are very similar. That's fine, attributes. but you're still not you're not saying anything. You're just throwing out words. You're not defining how that how that uh, shows itself. Yeah, you're suggesting it's about a philosophy, and I I, you know, I think it's more simple. They stink. I think I think it's I think it's a sim- It's not about woke. It's not about weak. It's they stink. Okay. First of all, how are they woke? And second of all, how is what are the ramifications no, 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 no. of that? I agree with you. I agree with you. I was just I guess I was just using the wrong words. They stink. Okay. Well, that we agree on. But I, I the way I interpret woke, which is an overused word, and I certainly don't want to travel down a political path with it. But when I think of the flyers, I think of many things. Politics ain't among them. So there you go. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. However, however, before we go to the break, we do have to give them their due. They won oh, no, yesterday. We don't. They won but, yesterday. Oh, okay, great. That's so. That's a four wins since Christmas. Yeah, and you know, I I saw it coming because because the coach had had chewed them out. You know, the, the coach sold them out after the game on Thursday. You know, he said they have, they, they they don't compete. They crumble. I mean, the coach sold them out at his press conference, and then apparently he just apparently he just reamed them out furiously the next day. At, at, at the practice facility. I guess one of the players might have said something about, why did you say what you said last night? And I guess he went off on them and just, and just tore, them and, and tore them a new one at Friday's practice. So I, I had a feeling, look, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a long-term fix, but I had a feeling because Chicago's not that good. That's what I was going to say. They beat a bad team. Yeah, I, Chicago, I mean, you had the perfect opponent coming in here. Chicago's not that good. Uh, but I had a feeling that at least for one day, he probably, he probably lit a little fire under this oh, team, okay. and, it, and, it got, I, and it got and it got him a four three win over Chicago. Yeah, and the guy give him no credit for that. But there you go. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We've got some people on hold uh, that we are looking forward to talking to. And Ray, when I come back, face of the franchise, a tribute to one of our absolute favorite athletes of the last well more than a decade, Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now on ninety four WIP. He's Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack. Now, Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, excuse me, 94 WIP. Ray, we, yesterday you and I were just kind of shooting the breeze. And um, I think it's during our rip of the Flyers, uh, late in the 10 o'clock hour, because we agreed that one of the problems with the Flyers is uh, not that they are woke, whatever, however that manifests itself, but that the face of the franchise is not the star player is not the coach or the general manager or as it once was the owner the face of the franchise is the stupid mascot right and this is a problem and so then we kind of went through the other teams and it was it was we generally agreed face of the sixers is the face of the sixers is joel Embiid. right which is terrific right great player joyful fun everything about it mm-hmm. the face of the phillies is Bryce Harper, reigning right. MVP. Yep, reigning MVP. And then the one for the Eagles, we kind of disagreed, and it was a little bit tougher. I think I said the face of the Eagles is now Nick Sirianni, which may be not be right. It's When we were walking out of the studio, I was talking to the Go Birds radio guys, and they said the face of the Eagles is Howie Roseman, to which I thought, like, oh, that's, uh, that's no. not what you want. No. And you said the face of the Eagles is? It's Jason Kelsey. Well, I love that. Yeah. Uh, he's certainly the most popular player. I mean, to me, it's not even, to, uh, to me, it's not even debatable. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised that that's not as, almost as automatic as Bryce Harper. Uh, I think because he's a center, right? Yeah, but, I mean, he's, he doesn't get the ball 25 times a game. He very well may be your best player, and he's without, he's without, he's without question 
your most popular player. Well, I'm going to help make your case. I'm going to back it up a little bit. First of all, as we know, Jason Kelsey has not had any definitive announcement on what his future will be. It's for him to decide if he wants to play another year. I read between the tea leaves and what he says that he'll probably decide to play another season. Um, and Nick Sirianni was asked about it at the Combine. And he said, we've been in communication, we're hopeful. And, and I love this. He sent him a keg of beer. Mm -hmm. uh, Kelsey lives actually out here in Havertown. And I, the place he sent him the beer from, which is Lower Marion Beverage Company on Greenfield Avenue in Ardmore, is where I buy uh, beer. It's a great store. Jim Martin runs the place and does a great job. And and, and uh, the coach threw him a little endorsement there. Thank you for helping us out with that, said Sirianni. <laughs> but... You know, it's good, good business. Mm -hmm. Nice guy. Nice. He's a veteran. Runs the runs that beer store. Um, but um, Sirianni also did an interview. You know, I read Pro Football Focus, but they had somebody out there, and they did a pretty good podcast. I will give them credit. This was a very interesting podcast that they did with Sirianni, and they talked about a lot of things, including the beer that went to his house. Um, and then Sirianni kind of talked about Kelsey's standing within the franchise and what he means so let's let's this about a minute 10 let's play this thing this is going to sound weird but i'll compare him to philip rivers all right because the they're just so smart football player when i when i left philip rivers i'm like all right i'm never going to coach a guy that smart again <laughs> he's in his year 17 he knows what blitz they brought. Hey, Philip, do you want to look at the picture on the sideline after us? No. They brought this blitz. Uh, they played this coverage behind it. Um, and he ran the wrong route. And the guy in the first row had relish on his side. He saw everything. Everything. It was unbelievable. And I'm like, I'll never see that again. And it's the same kind of type of thing. Like, I leave uh, Kansas City. And I, we had Jamal Charles as our running back. And we were the number one rush team in the NFL my last year there. And I'm like, I'm never gonna, have, I'm never gonna have another back right. like that. And then uh, Jonathan Taylor last year, right? <laughs> yep. And so, like, and that's what I thought. And then I got, I get to Philadelphia, and Jason Kelsey is the same, uh, just the same thinking power as Philip Rivers. Like, it was incredible, and he's doing that at the center position with his hand in the ground, <laughs> like unbelievable. And what he means to this football team, um, his toughness. It's not just that he sees everything. He's tough. He's physical. He plays through, plays through it all. He's, he's Highly talented, um, great leader. Um, I think I was pretty unique of the head coaches last year, first year head coaches. No, no disrespect to any of their players or anything like that. A lot, lot of good leaders, a lot of good players. But in my mind, I stepped into a great, a great situation because we had a strong offense and defensive line, which is pretty rare. Usually, when there's a turnover, it's because O line, D line. So credit to Howie and his staff. And then I had an unbelievable alpha dog leader. Um, to lead the way in Jason Kelsey. Ray, what do you think? Really good. It's a really good. Um, I, I don't know about. I don't know about the comparison to Philip Rivers, but I kind of. I kind of know. I kind of know what he was saying. Smart. Sees Smart. everything. And exactly, he's what he does is he sees everything that's happening on the field, and I do think that is true of Philip Rivers. Uh, you don't often think about that uh, at the center position, but seeing what's happening in front of him. Before the ball is snapped is absolutely critical at that position. You can't be a you can't have a dumb center, a dumb a dumb center. You know a blockhead center will def will defeat your entire offensive line because there's so much stuff that he has to do before he ever snaps the ball. That's absolutely critical, and I'm just amazed when I watch Kelsey play and then when I go back and I look at the tape about how right he is. When you see him make an adjustment, when you see him do a tap or a nudge to the guy on either side of him, where he points, 
He sees exactly what's coming, um, and it's because he's really smart, and it's also because he studies tremendously. I mean, teams in the, in the front seven will try and do a lot of different stuff, and there's almost nothing that they do that fools him. And, you can, and I think the measure of it is really how rare it is to see a complete breakdown of blocking in front of the quarterback, to see like a free runner come through, like a guy who's unblocked who just has a free run at the quarterback. It just yeah. doesn't happen because Kelsey will see it before it ever happens, and he'll send the word down the line, hey, they're coming from over there. Pick them up. Make sure you pick them up. Uh, and I remember at one of Nick Foles' press conferences, um, either after the championship game in Minnesota or in the lead-up to the, the, uh, the Super Bowl, um, somebody asked Foles about his success, and how, and he went off on the offensive line saying how great the offensive line had played, and they did. They played really good that year. Uh, and I remember his description of Jason Kelsey. He said he's the smartest football player I've ever been around. And I, I think that's really true, and I think that's kind of the point that Nick was making. And it's, I mean, he's a really good center. He's, he's incredibly athletic, and his ability to make blocks on the outside and at the second level are second to none, which is amazing for a guy at his age. But I think the thing that really, to me, sets him apart is, number, number one, his toughness. He never misses a game. And the other part is just how incredibly smart he is. That's one of the reasons why, over in the last couple of years, when they have had guys on the offensive line go down and have had to bring other guys in to play here and there, people always marvel. But, boy, the offensive line really played well. I mean, you've got these, all these new guys in there, and they're really, they're really playing good together. Um, it's a credit to Jeff Stoutland, for sure. But a but tremendous amount of credit to Kelsey because he's the one that gets them all on the same page before he ever snaps the ball. Yeah. Boy, I hope he plays another year. You know, they have, we think, the heir apparent in Landon Dickerson, and he could turn out to be a really good pro. Liked him as a rookie. Mm -hmm. But Jason Kelsey's an all-timer. I mean, he's a certainly a franchise Hall of Famer, and you've said he could be an NFL, a pro football Hall of Famer. I think he will be. And I'm, I'm on, on Dickerson, I think, he's, I think he's found his home. I think he's. I think, think he's, he's your I think, guard. I think he's your left guard. Okay. I, lo I love the way he grew there. I love the way he played there, and I think he and Mylotta, side by side, will give you a really good left side of your line for a lot of years. Okay, I could live with that. Jimmy in Jersey wants to talk a little baseball lockout. What's on your mind, Jim? Uh, good day, to you guys. Hi. Uh, just a quick thank you. Uh, without trying to sound like a sycophant, I, I, I want to thank you for uh, consistently setting the bar high in sports talk radio, and I insist that the uh, Telephone Story segment is the most potent hour in uh, sports entertainment anywhere. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot, Jim. I appreciate that. By the way, you sound like you're talking to us from the cockpit of a 747. Let me... Let me I'm going to take it off the speaker. How okay, that would be good, yeah. Okay. Right, I feel uh, like he's like, we're flying over Vietnam. Go ahead. Uh, sorry for that. Uh, That's all right. I'm in the car in the rain. Yeah, okay. um, yeah I just wanted to do uh, a couple comments about the baseball lockout. Uh, I can't, I'm dis while I'm disappointed, I can't say I'm surprised at all. I knew when the owners uh, put it in the lockout, uh, things were going to go ugly very quickly. And uh, what I envision coming up uh, will probably be something akin to the 2020 season where we'll probably have some kind of an in enforced, uh, you know, 60-game season or so sometime uh, before the end of the year if they play at all. You know what? Uh, Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over that, but I want to see where Ray stands. Ray, I'm going to say that this year's baseball season is going to be 130. 35 games, 132 games. That's my over-under, right? Hmm. Hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd go a little higher. You go higher. Okay, Jimmy yeah. goes lower. All right, yeah. keep going, Jim. 
Well, these guys get together like a pair of Siamese fighting fish, and uh, when they demonstrated in 2020 that uh, with one basic area to uh, conquer the uh, COVID situation, when they come to, couldn't come to an agreement on that, uh, I, I knew that didn't bode well for the negotiations that were going on now. And the union basically rolled over on a lot of the small stuff, and I they think did. they were holding out hope that uh, maybe they could come to some kind of consensus on the big things. And yeah. when that didn't uh, happen, uh, they refused the contract. And, and here's the thing. And, Jim, thanks for the call. And drive safe out there. That All of the stuff they are negotiating – well, I shouldn't say all, because we're going to talk about a few of the specifics later that do impact the game, one being the shift, I guess. And But most of the stuff, Ray, that they are negotiating mm-hmm. – has nothing to do with the quality of the game and fans' enjoyment. No, very little, actually. It has to do with small piddling, piddling by the greater good, money issues that aren't going to make anything better for fans in the long run. Right, right. That's all, it's all the money. It's all the arbitration. It's all, it's all of that stuff that the fans don't care about. And that's, that, to me, as a baseball fan, is what, probably the most frustrating part of the whole thing, is that while all of these discussions are going on, they're missing the bigger issue, which is fixing what's wrong with the game. I mean, that's, but I, I have a feeling, I mean, maybe I'm being foolishly optimistic by saying this, but I have, I have a feeling that you're going to see a breakthrough this week. I really do. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think based they. Based on anything more than uh, the, my gut. Itch, itchy palms? My or gut. What? My gut. I mean, it's just, it's, it's you know, everybody's been, you know, everybody's been, uh, been tap dancing around this and that. And, um, and I think, I think now they're looking at the calendar and saying, all right, you know, let's, now we got to really start talking. You know, now we really got to now we got to really do the things that we've been, we should have been doing for weeks, if not months. And that's actually negotiate. Um, I just reading between the lines of some of the comments I, I read and not by any of the body, not any of the guys who are actually in the room, because I think they're all meatheads. But but uh, I've seen some quotes from agents of players who have a lot to say about what's going on and certainly are very plugged in to where this is all going. And I've seen some comments from a couple of agents that have said, yeah, now we're going to get down to business. Okay. And so, I, so I, that's why I think my number is probably a little higher than yours, because I really think this week you're probably going to see, I mean, not necessarily settlement, but I think you're finally going to see some serious movement. I hope you're right. Uh, before we go to the break, and I will uh, ask our callers, Marvin, Zach, and Mike, hang in. We'll get you guys in the next segment. I promise that. But before we go to the break, Ray, uh, big announcement yesterday. You told me, Tommy and me. The uh, Pulitzer Prize winning Tony Award <laughs> gathering play, soon to uh, get an Emmy when they put it on TV, mm-hmm. is uh, going to make another local run in a new part of town. It is. And uh, we're. That promoted could, up okay. Yeah, that was, that was beautifully done, Glenn. Just okay. the way I wrote it. <laughs> uh, I, I real, it. It's true, and we could not be more thrilled um, that we are bringing Tommy and me to the to the beautiful and historic Bucks County Playhouse, uh, a great place right there on the Delaware River in New Hope. Um, and we're going to bring the play there for 10 performances starting April the 7th and running through April the 17th. Uh, and we have the same cast. Uh, if you've seen the play before, you're going to see the same actors. Uh, and uh, I'm really, really excited. I mean, Bucks County Playhouse is the place where I saw my very first play when I was a teenager. Uh, and I've always thought it was a beautiful theater, and we all know the history of that, all the great performers that have performed there, from Lee J. Cobb to Grace Kelly. I mean, it's a, it's a stage with tremendous history, and just the thought of bringing my play to that, to that theater is very, very exciting. So it's going to happen. Um, April 7th we open, 10 performances through the 17th, uh, and if you're interested, if you want to come see the play, or if you want to come, if you've seen it before but you want to see it again, 
uh, just contact the Bucks County Playhouse or go online to the Bucks County Playhouse, and you can order your tickets right now. Beautiful, Ray. Terrific. Looking forward to it. Two and you, five. You're going to be a part of it again. I'm. That's the rumor. Yeah. You know what? In the next couple of days, can we go over the dates and we'll figure out what works? Absolutely. All right. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up at eleven o'clock, we're going to talk to Zach Berman, the athletic, who was at the uh, combine. And Ray um, Todd Zalecki uh, broke a little news. I know baseball is out right now, but the Phillies are auditioning to replace Kevin Franson for their radio broadcast. Oh, that's right. He's moving on. Yeah. He's going to the Nats. Right. I got the four names. Oh. We'll see if you like any of them. Okay. I'll give you, all I'll tell you is each of them once played for the Phillies. All right. Your call is coming up. Rain Glenn on 94 WIP. <laughs> so, Ray, um, I am opening for Joe Conklin at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville on uh, Friday. Was it Friday, March 25th? Is that the date? Is that that Friday? Uh, and uh, sounds about right. Well, right, so you, you have you, your fine establishment right across the street. Yes, I'm going to invite everybody to come over to the rec room by Conchahagen Brewing across the street afterward, get a beer, etc., etc. Um, but you've done it many times. I've done it. Uh, Kyle Quinn, who's producing for us today, did it recently. Apparently, slayed him. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm yeah, not surprised a, at all. Yeah. And so um, Kyle and I were just talking about it. He asked me, you know, how much material you're going to do. I said, well... Probably three jokes is what I normally do, and <laughs> I, I was starting to tell him Ray the pickle slicer joke when we came back. To ah, the okay. Show. So, so I, I'll tell. I can't really tell it on the air. It's it's a little it's a little blue, but um, you've heard that joke. It's a good joke. Uh, it's a, it's a tremendous joke. I never get tired of hearing it. <laughs> so, for people who come out to see Joe Conklin on April, uh, excuse me, March twenty fifth at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville. We may give away tickets for that beforehand. But anyway, Good. You you're bra- in- you're braver than I am. When I've when I've done it uh, for Joe and uh, and Big Daddy, uh, I I do one joke, one and one joke only. Get on, get off. That's that's my, that's my philosophy. Well, that's fine. I mean, people are there to see Joe, and always were there to see Big Daddy. But I, once I'm up there, let me view this way: if the first joke doesn't get a laugh, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. But if the first one gets a laugh, I'll I'll stick around for two others. No, my see, I have the opposite philosophy. If my if it gets a laugh, I'm quitting while I'm oh, here. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so there you go. Uh, let's talk to Marvin in Wilmington. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Good morning, Marv. Top of the morning to you, fellas, and thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I have been watching Philadelphia sports for a long, long time, uh, and I can't remember a trade or a signing uh, generate this much excitement. And to live up to its actual height, like the Harden deal. I mean, I, I barely watch basketball. You know, I'm not really much of a fan, but mm-hmm. I haven't missed a game since uh, since they made the trade. Yeah, it really and is fun. It it really is, and none of that. Um, the seven to one, I think, to take the uh, NBA championship. So I got twenty five bucks on them. So. Oh, look at you! <laughs> look at you! Yeah. Well, I will. Uh, the only thing I'll disagree with you, and I listen. I yeah. I love your excitement. I think Ray and I feel the same way. But I can yeah. name two trades in the last oh, uh, probably. I guess now it's getting close to twenty years. That certainly to me are acquisitions that have done it. Um, I think the Terrell Owens one was to me will yeah. always be the one. And then um, uh, Roy Halladay. Well, Cliff Lee was the signing, but the Roy Halladay trade to me was generated well, this kind of excitement. Yeah, I'll go with that. I mean, I I'm just. It's, but I, I don't listen. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying yeah. to doubt you. I, I I appreciate and agree with your excitement. Well, the other thing is that last night we wanted to watch the game. Down, I live in Delaware, and it was on uh, Fubu. I never heard of that. Uh, so we had what? to go. Yeah, it was on. They had it on some private cable channel that you had to. You had to. You know, get, oh. all that. And 
I don't know. I just didn't do it. I was kind of disappointed in that. So, but by and large, I I think they got a shot. I'm you know I don't know as much about it as you do, but yeah, I'm I'm all in on the Sixers. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. Not, nobody's going to challenge you here. We for share. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we share it, and uh, I think you know I I think they're going to they're, to me they're going at least to the Eastern Finals. I think they're, they're I think they're going to at least to the Eastern Finals, which is not an easy which is not an easy task because there are some really good teams in the East. But I think they at least get to the finals uh, in this conference. And if depending on who the opponent is and the, the health of the team at that point, I you know I think they have a very live chance to get to the championship round. I I, I think that's entirely doable. I think it's going to be a really fun run. Yep. that's what I think. Yeah, I think, it's going, I think it's going to last for a while. Yep, Zach and Royerford is with us. Hello, Zach. Hey, man, how you guys doing? Good. Good. Um, so first and foremost, uh, I just actually I wanted to thank Ray. Um, you, I think you were in Bridgeport. Uh, Might have been like a month ago, maybe a little longer. Uh, you were signing some books, and uh, I wasn't able to make it. Uh, but a, a buddy of mine was able to grab two copies, and you were able to sign one. I'm about a quarter way through it, so I just wanted to. I actually called about a week ago to thank you. Um, but I know you weren't on the the segment at the time, so. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, it was just yeah, it was just on the just just to, again thank you for the book. I mean the, the the book's really fantastic. I'm about a quarter of the way through. Um, if you guys haven't read it yet, you guys should definitely get it. So, well, I appreciate I appreciate that, and I hope uh, hope you continue to enjoy it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a little in the younger crowd, but you know we're trying <laughs> we're trying to support the book just as equally as the older guys. So you know, well, that's great. I appreciate <laughs> um, that. Uh, yeah, I just I had a comment on Jalen Hurts. Um, so my my opinion of it really fast is is, is basically this. Um, I, I believe he's very young. You know, and he is. He's 23 years old. Um. And I think as Philadelphia fans, especially over the the last couple of years, especially I've noticed, I feel like ever since the Super Bowl, we kind of expect like instant gratification with players, um, whether it's first year players or second year, third year players. Uh, you know, I just want to give the kid a little bit more time. Um, I think some of the things that he needs to fix, like mechanically, you know, the overthrows, the the deep ball accuracy, like that kind of stuff. I really feel like those things are fixable, and and with a work ethic, the way it's prescribed that he has, or I'm sorry, described that he has, um, you know, I just like again, I, I want to give the kid a little bit more time. I don't want to go and, and trade draft picks for a rookie that's not proven in the NFL, where we're kind of back to square one. And I really don't want to get a guy who's a veteran agent, you know, who's kind of just aging on the way out. I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers, but other than that. I don't want a Russell Wilson and, uh, you know, all these guys. I want to just keep the youth and build around it. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. But at least we didn't trade up an enormous amount of assets to to kind of throw the whole, you know, season away for, for one guy when there's so Ray, many other I think this holes. kid speaks some wisdom. No, I think, Zach, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I mean, you're what the, the blueprint that you're laying out is pretty much the same one as mine. I mean, I... I saw real growth in him this year. You know, when Nick Sirianni talked about that at the Combine this week, he was, he was being genuine. I mean, they, they, you looked and you did see improvement. Now, a ways to go. I mean, he's still got things to improve on. Uh, I agree with his breakdown that, uh, the, two things that are, the two things that are the most important are, are the accuracy and the decision-making. Uh, but I actually thought at the end of the year when he was playing on the bad ankle uh, and he wasn't able to rely on his ability to run, to rescue plays or to extend plays. And he really, he, for the lack of a better term, he really kind of had to play quarterback. You know, I mean, he really kind of had to stay in the pocket and read the field uh, and find receivers and go through his progressions. Um, and he wasn't perfect at it, as I wouldn't expect him to be. But I definitely saw that he learned some things. You know, I, and I actually think in terms of his, his long-term growth and the things that he has to work on in terms of just the mental part of the game, um, I actually thought that that was probably a good thing for him. 
And so I think he has a really good foundation coming off of this year. He certainly had a lot of success. He, you know, the team goes to the playoffs. Um, he, I think he's in a good place. To, yep. yeah, he's got a good foundation and something to build on going into the next season. I want to give him that opportunity. I am with you. Uh, let us sneak in one more call before the break. Mike in Lower Gwynedd. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you? Hey, how you doing, Glenn and Ray? All right. Hi, Mike. Hey, I gotta say, I was driving my five and seven year old to the Kansan. I'm sorry, the Trenton Museum yesterday, and Glenn, you went on your Flyers rant and you fired me up. <laughs> I couldn't oh, call. Because I was in the car. Yep. Um, here's where I'm at. We, uh, I'm hoping, you, you know, we're, we're, we've already gone through it. She gets traded. I still, I follow Twitter like you do, so I see a lot of the, what I don't know if they're beat writers or they work for websites, doing all kind of the background information. If the Flyers do not trade Rasa Tillin, and I'm sorry if I said his name wrong, he is an unrestricted free agent. They, they made a bad mistake with him. I see where they were, what they were thinking. If Ellis would have worked out, he would have been that second line. He would have been that tough guy. But if they don't trade him for something, that was a complete waste of a trade. And I really just want to hear both your thoughts on that. Because if we go into next year and he doesn't resign with us, we traded away like a lot yeah. for what we really didn't need. And I want to ask you one more question. All right. And um, I want you, you know what? Ask the second question, and then we'll, we'll try to address the first. Okay. What's the second question? I just want you to rethink your thing from yesterday. I want you to take Gritty out of it, take Giroux out of it, because Giroux's not going to be here next year. Who am I buying? My, my son loves the Flyers, loves yeah. that they won yesterday. Who am I, whose jersey am I buying next year? Is it Coots? Well, Carter Hart, right? I agree I agree with that. I don't know yeah, if I mean, that, agree that's with it. That. I can't I say Couturier at this point. Do. No, thank you. we got to run. I can't say Couturier at this point, right? right? So you got to go with Carter Hart. Probably, um, if you've re- you can't I, trade him for God's sake. No, I, I the other one is Farabee. I think Farabee's a pretty good player, and I think he's I think he's one guy that you've got a chance of that he's he's a guy that if you're gonna if you're gonna clean house and God knows you certainly should clean house. There are a couple guys you're gonna have to hang on to, and and to me he's one that shows some promise. Uh, okay, I don't disagree. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up, we're going to talk to Zach Berman of the Athletic, who was at the combine and uh, posted some uh, very interesting stories, including Ray the possibility that the Eagles might draft a wide receiver in the first round for the third year in a row. Okay, we'll talk about that coming up. Ray and Glenn on ninety four WIP. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.